which seemed to mock my own disappointment. I was already thinking what I had best do. When the horses began to neigh and snort and plunge wildly so that the driver had to hold them up, then, amongst a chorus of screams from the peasants and a universal crossing of themselves, a calèche with four horses drove up behind us, overtook us, and drew up beside the coach. I could see from the flash of our lamps as the rays fell on them that the horses were coal-black and splendid animals. They were driven by a tall man with a long brown beard and a great black hat, which seemed to hide his face from us. I could only see the gleam of a pair of very bright eyes, which seemed red in the lamplight. As he turned to us, he said to the driver, "'You are early tonight, my friend.' As he spoke, he smiled, and the lamplight fell on a hard-looking mouth, with very red lips and sharp-looking teeth, as white as ivory. Then I descended from the side of the coach, as the caleche was close alongside, the driver helping me with a hand which caught my arm in a grip of steel. His strength must have been prodigious. Without a word, he shook his reins. The horses turned, and we swept into the darkness of the pass. I felt a little strangely and not a little frightened. I think, had there been any alternative, I should have taken it, instead of prosecuting that unknown night journey. Then the moon, sailing through the black clouds, appeared behind the jagged crest of a beetling, pine-clad rock, and by its light I saw around us a ring of wolves, with white teeth and lolling red tongues with long, sinewy limbs and shaggy hair. I called to the coachman and saw him stand in his seat. He swept his long arms as though brushing aside some impalpable obstacle. The wolves fell back and back further still. Just then, a heavy cloud passed across the face of the moon so that we were again in darkness. When I could see again, the wolves had disappeared. This was all so strange and uncanny that a dreadful fear came upon me and I was afraid to speak or move. The time seemed interminable as we swept on our way, now in complete darkness. Suddenly, I became conscious of the fact that the driver was in the act of pulling up the horses in the courtyard of a vast, ruined castle from whose tall black windows came no ray of light, and whose broken battlements showed a jagged line against the moonlit sky. When the caleche stopped, the driver jumped down and held out his hand to assist me to alight. Again, I could not but notice his prodigious strength. The driver jumped again into his seat and shook the reins, the horses started forward, and trap and all disappeared down one of the dark openings. I stood in silence where I was, for I did not know what to do. Suddenly I heard a heavy step approaching behind the great door, and saw through the chinks the gleam of a coming light. Then there was the sound of rattling chains and the clanking of massive bolts drawn back. A key was turned with a loud grating noise of long disuse, and the great door swung back. Within stood a tall old man, 
clean-shaven, save for a long white moustache, and clad in black from head to foot, without a single speck of colour about him anywhere. He held in his hand an antique silver lamp, throwing long, quivering shadows as it flickered in the draught of the open door. The old man motioned me in with his right hand with a courtly gesture, saying in excellent English, but with a strange intonation, Welcome to my house. Enter freely, and of your own will. He made no motion of stepping to meet me, but stood like a statue, as though his gesture of welcome had fixed him into stone. The instant, however, that I had stepped over the threshold, he moved impulsively forward, and holding out his hand, grasped mine with a strength which made me...